When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX, and I'm joined by my vice mayor, uh, the predictor of the end of this entire calamity. It is the one and only Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. I told you, Derek, it is Friar Friedman is what uh, I go I by like now. No, I don't like that. No, I'm not doing Or was that. it was it something else? It was yeah, like was I'm it... pretty sure it was free free. I don't know. They changed your last name. There was some something Friarman. I don't yeah. know what it was, but it's yeah. definitely not Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Oh, but I I have to say, Derek, I'm pretty we'll amazing that. right now because the MLB lockout is over and we have Major League Baseball in our hands. And this is the first week of actual spring training games, which are getting underway on Thursday. So we're pretty excited around here, Derek. We've been waiting for this for a long time. You are not wrong. You are not wrong. And I'm excited to let everybody know, of course, uh, that this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook and get in on the biggest tournament of the year there's only a few days left to join in on all the action before the first team tips off this thursday DraftKings sportsbook is giving new customers a shot to bet just five dollars on any team to win using our code of phnx and you will get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do it's that simple if they win you win at the DraftKings sportsbook uh, yes jesse you're right we have physicals being done today we have players checking in and tomorrow we have the first day of camp, a very, very short camp, uh, a camp in which the Diamondbacks have essentially three days of camp, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, with their first game being on Thursday, the 17th against the Colorado Rockies. They have both an away and a home game at Salt River Fields on consecutive days against the Rockies, and they do not get much rest after that, pretty much having a sing, uh, spring training game every single day with the exception of Saturday the 26th I believe is the only March 26th is the only day that they have a a day off during the spring training what are your thoughts on it being such an expedited schedule and getting these guys going so quickly we heard earlier in the week that you know, there might be some day night double headers there might be a lot of split squad sort of action in order to try to you know, just try to get as much opportunity for some of these younger players into this abbreviated Cactus League season as much as possible. There's really not 
as much of that as I expected. It looks like on the spring training schedule, there's a split squad game on the 27th of March. There's another one on April 1st, and then there's split squad again on April 4th. Uh, but other than that, it appears just business as usual with one game every day. So it's really not as packed full as I anticipated it might be, um, which, which, yeah, I mean, I, I doubt that's going to make a huge difference at the end of the day. No matter how many games you pack into this schedule, you're not going to get, you know, your starting pitchers ready to throw 100 pitches, most likely by opening day. It, it depends on the pitcher and, of course, what kind of shape they come in on. But the raw number of games that you play is not really going to affect that. It's more about how long spring training is in the first place. And obviously, that's not something they can change at this point. So, um, so yeah, I, w- I would say it's, it's reasonably what I, would, what I would expect. Camp is interesting. It's not as long as it normally is, but camp is also camp, right? It's a lot of defensive drills. It's a lot of hitting drills. I've been watching the minor league guys out at camp for, you know, a couple of weeks now and I am a bit bored of it. It's not something I feel like these players really need that much of. Don't get me wrong. The younger develop developing players need that way more than guys that are, you know, in their considerably into their careers. However, it is still fundamentals and it's still just getting yourself back into those core fundamentals that are required to be a good baseball player. So it'll be interesting to see how sloppy things are once the the spring training games start um, from Josh Rojas's assessment on, on Friday, it sounded like these guys have been doing an excellent job of staying together, staying uh, doing, doing drills. He said up to 30 guys at times have been doing these player coordinated workouts and they're doing all the same drills that they normally would in camp. It's interesting, but he said it was his most productive off season yet based on how much he worked out how long he had to stay ready for just things like that that he might not have normally done uh, on a on a regular year knowing you were coming to salt river fields and and going to start your spring training that's i mean that's a a huge part of this is just where all these guys are at And, and i'm sure there is some sort of a spectrum right some guys are probably you know in the same exact shape that they would be in if if they'd reported right when they were supposed to in the first place. Right. And other guys might take a little bit more time to adapt. Um, Obviously it's hard to really blame anyone for that because, you know, these players are put in a very difficult position where they don't really know when they need to be ready by, if they really needed to be ready at any point at any uh, time, you know, in this month or next month, it was very, very unknown uh, what exactly the situation was going to look like for them. So, so yeah, good on Josh Rojas and and good on for a number of Diamondbacks players who've who've come in, you know, in good shape and ready to go. Another thing he said that was interesting was that uh, <laughs> he he got a lot of his information from the media, much like we do, much like we are. Believe it or not, Jesse, we are media. We got to keep that in mind. We can't just we can't just mock the media on this show constantly and talk about <laughs> how much they're wrong or right. We have to actually include ourselves in that, but I understand where he's coming from. He kind of talked about getting caught up in the same kind of, you know, updates that we got caught up in. I do think the situation is different than when the pandemic hit MLB and caused them to not know when things were going to be allowed to get back to, you know, baseball, the start, stop, start, stop. Then you had the whole kind of sub 
minor, you know, uh, labor disagreement between them at that time about what they were going to get paid and how many games they were going to play. It This is different, though. I feel like these guys had a chance to just stay in their normal routine during this time of the year. And if the labor negotiation, ne- negotiations drug on, then they just kind of had to stay training, right? The baseball season's long anyway, so they're kind of used to staying in shape and training during this time of the year. I don't think it would have been that bad for any of them for them to just continue doing these player-organized workouts as long as they needed to to get uh, to opening day or to when spring training, spring camp opened up. Luckily, it didn't take that long. It, It took longer than lots of us wanted to, but it still didn't take as long as it could have uh the one MLB executive that remained anonymous but said it actually said the words said that if this you know particular negotiation session didn't go the way that it did he he saw that there was a good chance they weren't going to play baseball until june and that is just the darkest possible timeline that i don't even want to discuss but it's i mean again when you start talking about you know, going back and forth and how long the two sides were willing to hold out. That was his projection. I think that, that, wow. We, I we missed might, that. An executive that was from an executive. Who it said was that? an unnamed executive. Yes. And wow. it was uh, on an article, I believe on, on, uh, hmm, I want to say it was on MLB.com, but that sounds like too much of a, I don't know if MLB.com would put that. Kind I don't of know if that, that doesn't seem very yeah, that doesn't sound right. I'm going to have to get back to you on that one, but for sure. I remember reading that uh, in more than one place. So uh, yeah, again, it's just very good that that's not where we're at. It's great. It's fantastic because where we're at is baseball is back and we will have spring training games this Thursday. I will be out there. Uh, I will be reporting hopefully uh, from these games and, and from camp all week long. So make sure to stay tuned to our Twitter account at PHNX underscore DBACs, as well as if you haven't signed up to become a member yet, sign up to become a member over at gophnx.com. You can get an annual membership and you'll get a free t-shirt over at phnxlocker.com. I promise you, they are my favorite t-shirts to wear. And it's not just because I work here. They are fantastic. They are well-designed. Most importantly, they're the most comfortable t-shirts in my drawer. Uh, Get yourself a membership. If you're not interested in the annual membership, you can get down on the month-to-month membership, and you'll get your first month for just 50 cents. So either way, you'll get your bargain uh, on on joining us as a family. You'll get exclusive discounts over at the PHNXLocker.com, no, member, no matter what membership you, you select. And you can also join us in the Discord, which has been on fire ever since uh, baseball is back. And I, I want to give a shout-out to all of our friends in the Discord that have been just keeping me uh, utterly entertained with with all of our chats. So join us there as well. And of course, you can get uh, our articles. Jesse has a new piece coming up on seven storylines from spring training, uh, as well as my piece covering the Diamondbacks being back and more on what Josh Rojas had to say on Friday about the process, what it was like for him, uh, how his opinion of this entire negotiation and the CBA process changed from when he came into it to where he was at at the end. Uh, and how much he learned. So it's a really interesting uh, bit of information from him, uh, especially being a younger player. One of the guys that uh, essentially they're fighting for in these negotiations for right now and for the future. So uh, great stuff from him. And I really like the fact that he talked a bit about, he, he mentioned a few times how he wants to be here for the next time that they negotiate a new CBA. And not only does he want to be a part of it and be there to, you know, make sure that they, you know, get what they, what they deserve, but 
to also kind of be there for the younger guys the way that like Nick Ahmed was as a player representative sure. was for this team. Sounds like a sounds like a union rep in the making. Yeah, he really does. He really does. He <laughs> sounds like he enjoyed it. Um, but of course, today is Monday. Well, it's Sunday. In all transparency, I got I can't lie. It's Sunday, but but <laughs> you guys know what day it is. It's Monday. Uh, you know, every month here is Black History Month. Every month here is Women's History Month. Every month is Black Women's History Month. Every week is Shark Week. Every day is Earth Day. But most importantly, every Monday is Mailbag Monday. And we go to the mailbag. Mailbox, always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow. My mailbox, always something interesting. All right, on this Mailbag Monday, we have a bunch of questions, and we appreciate you guys for it. Again, this Mailbag Monday would not be special without you guys. And we thank you for always giving us more more questions than we could ever actually get to on this podcast. But our first question comes from our friend Sean McNally at MacNAL0512. And Mac asks, or Sean asks, excuse me, Sean. Uh, he says, if the D-backs wanted to sneak in with a trade free agency signing or two before this season, where could they make a move that could help? And I think he's talking reasonably. And I think, Jesse, you have a few ideas on this. Well, first of all, I hope the Diamondbacks aren't just sneaking in, you know, like like an under the radar, you know, one move or something right before the season starts. I, I you know, I I kind of get what he's saying though. I don't I don't think he means sneaking in, but I think like we I think we're all very realistic no matter how much I want them to sign Chris Bryant, that's not going to happen, right? So right, as right. much as we want them to make a big splash and get one of these big name free agents, we all know, I think those of us that are are watching this team know that they're not just one big move away from being a contender, right? right so right. I, I think it would take a couple of moves to really help this team go from where they're going to be not as bad as they were last year, but probably still fairly mediocre to, to possibly being a contender to possibly making one of those now what six wild or six, uh, playoffs. Six positions. wild cards. Six Let's wild cards. Eight wild cards. Everybody <laughs> makes the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely think that there could be some sneaky moves, right? Like some guys that you wouldn't expect the D backs to pick up, but they could afford at this point with, with the amount of spending that they said they're willing to sure. do. And, you know, with the fact that this free agency period from what we've seen so far hasn't been as as crazy as we thought it was going to be, you know, uh, I think a lot of people. And, and as I say this, I'm sure that like, by the time people are listening to this, he's probably already signed, but I think a lot of people are waiting for Freddie Freeman. I think that's sure. a big, sure. that's a big piece uh, to move. And, uh, and yeah, I do think once, think, do you think just for a second, do you think that, because we all know, like as much as we want to say, like people that shouldn't be talking, weren't talking during the lockout and blah, blah, blah. Do you really think that part of it might be that people don't want to like teams don't want to pull the trigger too quickly to possibly look like they were talking (laughs) with these players or their agents during the lockout? Yeah, Yeah, no, I think that's a great, that's a pretty, pretty great theory. Um, And I feel like at this point though, that's probably not a concern because a number of moves have happened at this point. We're outside of that phrase, but nobody wanted to do it on Friday, right? Like nobody wanted to be that first one to be like, hey, yeah, obviously we've been talking to this really high priced, 
you know, big name free agent for a while. And we were just waiting for this whole thing to be over so we could put ink to paper. Sure. No, I think that I think that's a very valid point. Um, but yeah, to answer Sean's question, as far as the Diamondbacks are concerned, I expect that they will make multiple moves going into the season. And, and maybe that's bullish of me to say that, but just, you know, based on what we heard from uh, from Derek Hall and from Mike Hazen in, in a couple of interviews that they did this last week, I, I, I do feel confident that the Diamondbacks are going to do a couple of things. Now, now to Sean's point, I, I don't think they're going to be significant. And, and like you were saying earlier, we're not talking Freddie Freeman here, but a few names that I think could be interesting. Uh, one of them is J.D. Davis, uh, who's a third baseman with the New York Mets. Uh, this is something I was tweeting about the other day based on the fact that the Mets apparently have been doing some due diligence on Luke Weaver, uh, the Diamondbacks starting pitcher. Oh. And the Mets are also reportedly willing to trade some of their veterans like J.D. Davis, who happens to be blocked at third base by old friend Eduardo Escobar, who is now uh, uh, projected to be their starting third baseman. So J.D. Davis is not a particularly great third baseman defensively, uh, but mm. the offensive numbers are are really pretty solid. Uh, I think I offensively, J.D. Davis is about as good as the Diamondbacks could realistically hope for as far as their third base situation is concerned. So I think that's a potential match. J.D. Davis and Luke Weaver probably have roughly similar trade values. Um, the question there for me is, are the Diamondbacks really about to trade Luke Weaver when they have a world-class pitching coach that they just brought in? And Luke Weaver, we all know his stuff is better than you know, what the numbers will tell you from these last couple of seasons. So I wouldn't say that's likely to happen, but it's an interesting connection that I made earlier. Something I could see as being possible. Uh, as far as free agency is concerned, Jonathan VR is one of the main names that I'm still watching out for. Uh, Nick Picoro tweeted the other day, the Diamondbacks were in on Josh Harrison, uh, who ultimately wound up signing with the Chicago White Sox. He's now off the board. Uh, but Jonathan VR is is a name that I still have my eyes on. Uh, again, not a premier third baseman defensively, but he does have uh, some utility. He can play second base. He can play some shortstop as well. Um, and still a reasonably good offensive player, uh, slightly above average across the league offensively last year. So that's another name. I think Tommy Pham um, is one actually out of this article that Sean uh, shared in his tweet there. Uh, Tommy Pham is a right-handed hitter, um, which yep. naturally is, I mean, that's something the Diamondbacks probably should get somewhere. Um, and and he's, he's played center field. I, I'm not sure if he's necessarily the defensive center fielder that he once was, uh, but it's possible the Diamondbacks might be looking for some depth there as well. I like, and I know, again, everybody, everybody's kind of, kind of in on him but i like the idea of the diamondback signing saya suzuki uh yeah i don't know if i would hold my breath on that but... no no because there's two it's too hot right when you yeah. see when you see all of the biggest names in baseball uh when it as far as teams right like when you see dodgers and giants and cubs and red Sox and you know everybody then then, then you know that arizona diamondbacks don't even have a shot right but uh, I don't know. There's something about him that, uh, and I, I think the Diamondbacks are more likely. Don't get me wrong to uh, kind of go once again with somebody. And I don't, 
I don't know if it's anybody on even, you know, like the, the, the radar as far as uh, players are concerned, because I really feel like they could sign somebody to like a, just a one-year deal after, you know, some of the dust settles from the other trades, but I don't really see it being any of these, you know, top 50 available free agents, unfortunately for the Diamondbacks. And I don't know if I mind that too much. Again, I'm, fairly excited about the prospect of seeing the younger guys that I've had the chance to watch quite a bit come up and, and get an opportunity. And I don't know really about a lot of them. I, again, some of the younger guys probably aren't ready yet, but I have seen a lot of Alec Thomas and I don't know, man, that guy from what I've seen of him at camp alone makes me believe, makes me believe in him more than I already did. And we've talked about him uh, too much on this podcast at times. Yeah. I ne- I neglected to mention what I think the Diamondbacks are most likely to do, um, which is, I think they're definitely going to get a reliever or two. Um, okay. So Any names, big name? names on, I mean, yeah, probably not big names, but I could see, uh, I could see Trevor Rosenthal being an option there. I could see Tony Watson being an option, given that he's a lefty. Uh, Jimmy Nelson uh, was was very good with the Dodgers last year. He com- still coming back from a pretty significant injury, um, but he's he's another name that I could see. But they're definitely, I think there's no question the Diamondbacks will sign one of these relievers, probably, you know, probably a, a lower a lower tier than Mark Melanson would be my guess, but still someone with some substantial major league experience. And, um, you know, a guy they could, they could justifiably put in a eighth inning role um, and, and, you know, save guys like JB Wendelkin and Noe Ramirez, maybe from, from having the pressure of, of needing to fill a role like that. Um, a secondary priority for Mike Hazen is uh, a bat and maybe one at third base. So I still think that that's going to be uh, one place we might see them add from. Uh, I think once they do add, if they can get a third baseman through free agency. Yeah. Then that's I really... where Jonathan VR, I think Jonathan VR is the, the yeah, biggest name I, like I, could, I could see. I just, I like that because I think once that, once he comes to, if, if we can get him at third, it really allows other guys to play more natural positions for them. Right. And it allows, again, I know that we're going to still see Drew Ellis. Right. But um, I don't really want to see too much more of Josh Rojas at third base. And, you yeah. know, I, 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 I mean, I'd, I'd rather see a solid starting guy there than any kind of battery that's going to include Josh Van Meter, Rojas and Drew Ellis, you know, that's, that's not really desirable to me, but again, at least gives guys an opportunity and see, see if anybody, anybody can break out, you know, uh, next question comes from Espo because of course this is such an Espo question. He asks what's worse, bigger bases or ads on jerseys. <laughs> Neither of these things are a concern for me. Espo. No, I, I don't have a problem with either. So I don't really know how to answer that. I've been watching a lot of NBA recently and their jerseys don't even, I I don't even acknowledge their Jersey advertisements existence. If you asked me five minutes after a game ended, who was the opposing teams ad on their Jersey? I probably couldn't answer it that I'm, I'm also bad at trivia. I'm not, I don't have a good (laughs) memory, Uh, but 
Also, bigger bases, I don't understand what the problem with bigger bases are. Bigger bases are just going to allow for less injuries, more people being able to steal. I mean, is it a, is it a sanctity, a purity of the game thing, Jesse, that we that, that by making the bigger bases it changes the game in some way? You know, you know those um those tweets that people put out where they'll say like, you know, for every 10 retweets this gets i'm gonna like <laughs> i'm gonna like enlarge i'm gonna use photoshop to enlarge uh, the size or something so yeah. i really hope that someone is doing that with the size of the bases and we, we why can are have you like doing this? why are you giving this of... away you're giving this away on the show before i have a chance to do it on our twitter account oh okay yeah. hey let's now do i have it. to get up very early and start photoshopping stuff i have stuff to do tomorrow jesse i gotta go out to the yard I didn't oh. I I didn't know that your Photoshop expertise was ready for a challenge oh, like that. Oh, Derek, but I am, my, I, am... I don't like what I don't like the I don't like the accusation that you're making. All right, right. all right. Well, well, I am I am excited uh, to see what you come up with. Then. Pay the bills, Jesse. Said skills <laughs> pay the bills, but I will uh, say to to answer the question, yeah, don't have a don't have a big problem with either of these things. I I do think that the um, the ads on jerseys might be a little bit more of an of a concern with baseball just because there is kind of a sanctity of the game element in in baseball that I think is jerseys are clean in baseball. They're really plain and clean and classic yes. looking and have been for a exactly, long time. Exactly. Exactly. So you take, you know, like the Yankees pinstripes or something and you put a PayPal icon on there. I could understand people being a little bit put off by that it doesn't really bother me that much but i could see why some people might be frustrated by that and it's not going to be jesse the diamondbacks jerseys that people are mad about it's going to be the cubs it's going to be the Yankees. it's going to be the red Sox. it's going to be the dodgers it's going to be the ones that are they've they've had the same jersey for you know a hundred years and they just don't want to see you know the billboard action on it I also question how effective it is. I understand people wanting to affect, uh, you know, advertise with us and our smooth, uh, docile tones and our our yes. hot takes and our our comedic <laughs> bits. All of this, I understand why people would want to come to us as a, as an advertiser. But on a jersey, is that effective? I don't know. I was watching NASCAR today, and I thought if I was a company, I would advertise with NASCAR. NASCAR is like. Like I, you literally call them the UPS car and the that car and like yeah. it's so much <laughs> different because you literally know these cars by the advertisements on the outside of them, right? I was I was like, who drives the Ally car? And that's why, like, that's when I dawned on me. I'm like, God, the advertising in NASCAR is so effective compared probably to any other sport because any other sport we try to like tune it out, and I'm sure we'll do yeah. that with baseball. You know, we right, just right. we'll just ignore it, but with like NASCAR, it's literally the M&M's car, you know, right? Right, so it's like, right. Uh, I, if, I'm, if I'm suggesting to major advertisers out there whether they want to sponsor a major league baseball team or go to NASCAR, you've, you've received my pick on that. <laughs> uh, speaking of advertisers, we would, we would paste a DraftKings logo all over this show if we could uh, because we love our business daddy. And, of course, the DraftKings Sportsbook always has the best deals for new customers. And – this is the best time of the year, Jesse. It's the biggest tournament. The March Madness is by far the most fun sporting tournament. They have it down. 
uh, more people should take note. Not, not, not major league baseball though. We don't want 32 teams in, you know, the, there's not even 32 teams, but we don't want that many in the, in the, any kind of tournament or playoffs, but there's only a few days left for you to join in all the action before the first team tips off this Thursday for March Madness. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you as a new customer a shot to bet just $5 on any team to win using our code of PHNX, and you will get $200 in free bets if they do. DraftKings customers, uh, existing DraftKings DraftKings customers can bet on college hoops with same-game parlays, something I've been doing excessively at this point. You can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. And that's really what it's all about. Get getting those two or three extra legs added on just to bump up the, those winnings. And also, uh, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. And I absolutely do that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code of PHNX. Bet five dollars on any college team. Uh, hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over only, Arizona only, gambling problem, dial 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Jesse, I will win $20 and I will take it out just so I take it out, even though I know I'm going to bet it like the next day on another game. I, and that's that's being 100% truthful, but that's... Uh-huh. uh. It's just what I do. And DraftKings lets you do that. And I love that about them. Uh, next question on this Mailbag Monday comes from our pal Kyle Collins. And Kyle Collins asks, who do you project to be our starting rotation by opening day? Right now, I have it in order. Zach Gallen, Mad Bum, Merrill Kelly, Luke Weaver, Dan Straley slash Corbin Martin. Think Tyler Gilbert, Gilbert could definitely sneak in a start or two as well. What are your thoughts on that? I think Kyle probably nailed it. Um, yeah, that's that's so pretty too. much what I would say. Obviously, the the order is kind of we never really know what the order is, is going to look like. I but that order, I mean, that order is pretty solid. I could maybe yeah. see a Luke Weaver, Merrill Kelly swap, but that doesn't seem very likely. It will be. Like it will be fascinating if, like, will the Diamondbacks start Madison Bumgarner or Zach Gallon on opening day? Because because we know that Tori Lovello is very loyal and he likes to keep guys in their roles and he doesn't like to change those roles very often. So I wouldn't be surprised if Madison Bumgarner gets the ball on opening day, just given his pedigree and, and how many times he's done that in the past. I think Kyle addressed something that we should we should answer here on the fifth start. So what do we have? We have the. Padres, do they play a team in between the Padres and the Mets on the schedule? I believe they play they have two the with the Astros. Astros. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So essentially on game two with the Astros, who starts? Dan Straley, Corbin Martin, Tyler Gilbert. I I think so. Dan Straley is is currently the favorite in my mind. Uh, just given his durability during his time in the KBO, that's something the Diamondbacks are really going to be looking for. And I have a feeling that he might just be the most major league ready starter out of those three guys that Kyle mentioned. Out Corbin, of a guy that got a uh, got a no hitter. Yeah. So Tyler Tyler Gilbert is close. I I would probably peg it more as a Tyler Gilbert versus Dan Straley battle than okay. a Dan Straley versus uh, Corbin, Corbin Martin. Martin. Sure. But 
But Corbin Martin, all I mean, he was a very highly touted starting pitcher just a few years ago. And so he's a he's a guy to watch in spring training. If Corbin Martin comes out and you know pitches with a with a two five ERA or something in spring training, that might be enough for the Diamondbacks to to go that direction. So I think it's really it really could be any of those guys. I personally would bet on Dan Straley um, just because of his, the fact that he's thrown you know almost 200 innings each of the last two seasons. And he was reasonably effective while he was doing that in the KBO. Um, but it's going to be a battle. And and this is something we're used to seeing every year in, in Diamondback spring training. And, and we'll see we'll see who comes out on top. Yeah, and I uh, I, I probably agree with you. I, I still lean a bit towards Tyler Gilbert, um, but that's fair. That's fair. I, I, and here's why. Uh, my reason that mostly is because I don't know with the expedited spring training and camp how much coaches will get a chance to see Dan Straley. Now, well, they've, they've said, seen they've no, seen more say, of him than they've right, right. going to see no, the other guys. Say, with that being said, they've seen more of him. That that's exactly what I was going to say. And you you could say it's minor league camp all you want. Tory's been out there the whole time. Brent sure. Strom's been out there. These coaches have been out there watching these guys in minor league camp when they have nothing else to do. They can't talk to them. They can't coach them, but they can sit there and watch him pitch, which again, might have given Straley an opportunity or, or at least an, a look that he might not have gotten otherwise, right? With camp, typically you have a camp full of players. It's weird how this minor league mini camp situation kind of played right into what the Arizona Diamondbacks have been proposing their plan was going to be. Their plan was going to be moving towards the future. It's a bit hard at times to see the future when Salt River Field is filled with 100 baseball players and they're spread out amongst six different fields with minor league coaches watching them and major league coaches watching them and guys like this guy over here, me, this guy with two thumbs just getting in the way, standing too close to the fence with his iPhone, getting hit by baseballs, foul tilt, you know, that kind of guy, right? But there's, you know, again, there's there's a much different vibe to camp when everybody's there versus what they got with this mini camp. I think it would, like, I hate to say this, right, because we talked about how the minor league players aren't compensated for spring training and how they treat it like it's this, oh, well, it's more beneficial for them than it is for, you know, the team or whatever, this mini camp might've been that, that kind of case. And I hate to say that because I ever hate to say someone doesn't deserve to get paid for their time. Everybody deserves to get compensated for their time. But this mini camp might've been one of those situations where they really got eyes on them that they might not have gotten exclusively like they would any other time, you know, at this point in their young career. So mm. yeah, that's, that that's that's what I was gonna and you you and I are on the same path about that. So it'll be interesting to see because I don't know how much time now Dan Straley will have with the with the you know in spring training. Again, he might end up getting more time in games with the way that spring training sometimes works than Gilbert does. So uh, uh, again, I, I agree with you though. I think it might come down to those two. Uh, I, I'd still I still give Tyler Gilbert the edge. Though, and that's only the man, because I the was man present. through yeah. I was present at the I was present at the no hitter, so I can't help but give him the edge. Um, and before we move on to our final question, I have to let you guys know about how I've been actually taking care of myself, believe it or not, 
with Athletic Greens uh, because I don't take care of myself normally, but I have been with our partner, Athletic Greens. I started taking it mostly because I've had all sorts of issues with, uh, you know, like my esophagus, having some heartburn, um, having different stuff, probably probably poorly assessing myself, not getting uh, enough time with the doctor to look at me and all that. Uh, and yet, uh, we started partnering with Athletic Greens, and they provided us their amazing product. And honestly, I have been really enjoying taking it because it's it's worked. Uh, it's got probiotics. There's 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, aptogens, all sorts of things in it that I don't take, that I don't take. There's nothing at times in my life I take this. Uh, my wife also really enjoys it because of the greens that it gives you in in one uh, scoop of Athletic Greens. It it supports better sleep quality and recovery. Uh, it has over seven seven thousand five star reviews, and it costs you less than three dollars a day. Plus, you're investing in your health, and that's the most important thing. So, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Uh, the fat travel packs have been great lately, by the way, Jesse, because I, I I don't give myself enough time in the morning and I'm running out the door and I haven't taken my athletic greens. I haven't eaten anything. So now I'm, I'm getting better about having like stuff to take with me and the travel packs have been a big part of that. But all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash diamondbacks. Uh, again, that is athleticgreens.com slash diamondbacks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And, you know, come on, I'm 40 now. I have to take care of myself. I don't want to take care of myself. I don't do a good job of taking care of myself, but I have to. And so should you. And make sure you do over at athleticgreens.com. Uh, and if you, and again, if you don't go to athleticgreens.com, go somewhere, take a multivitamin, take care of yourself. That's, that's what Jesse and I want. We care about you and we want to make sure everybody out there is taking care of, of themselves, especially during a pandemic. During a pandemic, it's hard. It's easy to get into bad habits and just not, uh, I don't know, not getting enough sunlight in your life alone, let alone vitamins and minerals. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. And Jesse, our last question comes from our friend Brett Lee Johnson, Brett underscore Johnson 44 on Twitter. And he asks, uh, give us your early predictions for which D-backs player will be an all-star. Either go crazy or be realistic. Both can't be, both can't go wrong. Ha ha. Uh, I don't know about that. That haha is very well. Well, I'll be the realistic one, and you can yeah. be the crazy one because that just feels right. Let's go. <laughs> so, so realistically, Cattell Marte is the obvious slam dunk choice, right? Sure. Assuming that Cattell Marte is healthy, um, I think he has a shot to, you know, be the starting second baseman for the National League. We'll we'll see how things shake out. Um, another name that I think is a clear possibility here would be Zach Gallen, um, who has been a somewhat trendy pick uh, to be in the Cy Young Award mix. I've seen a, a few baseball writers, a few baseball analysts uh, throw his name around in those conversations. And with Brent Strom here, Derek, the sky is the ceiling for every Diamondback starter in some ways, but particularly someone as talented as Zach Gallen. So I think he's the other clear, clear option here. Sky is the ceiling, huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to realistically with Carson Kelly. That's my, I think, has a honest, realistic shot at making it. It's I think possible. Carson Kelly healthy. I think Carson Kelly now kind of taking ownership of 
the catcher role and maybe even a bit of a leadership role on the field. There's no, uh, no Buster Posey in the national league anymore. So that's a go. big, big door that's open there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and also I think that at times he, don't get me wrong. You know, it was, it was a, a small sample size, right. But before he got injured last season, he looked outstanding. And yeah, I think if you can kind of combine that with a better hitting coach, and the responsibility that he's willing to take on at this point, I, I think that he could easily be an all-star this season. Uh, I also want to go with one crazy pick, and that's Geraldo Perdomo. I know wow. he might not get the time. I, I don't know, though. There's something about him that I feel like is going to be very exciting. Uh, and I know, Nick, when you talk about leaders, Nick Ahmed is absolutely a leader on this team. So it's hard to think someone is going to usurp or usurp him as, as, as the, the shortstop at this point, right? Sure. Not, not on an everyday basis. It's going to be definitely some sort of shared time or whatever, but I am just predicting that we see such a hot, amazing performance out of Perdomo that he could potentially be a sneaky all-star for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now I don't know, right? Obviously, <laughs> that is idiot. a take. <laughs> That's a hot take. Um, I like his defense a lot. That's all I'm saying. He does. I mean, if you're going to be an all star as a shortstop, you're probably going to have to either just be a monstrously good hitter or, you know, just be solid on both sides of, of the ball. I, mean, I guess that's. It's fairly obvious, but um, that's probably the most likely scenario. Sure. But yeah, Geraldo Perdomo is solid on both sides of the ball is what I'm trying to say. He's a really solid defender and has been for years. Really, people have said that Geraldo Perdomo has basically been major league ready as a shortstop for several years. It's just been a matter of the bat coming around. And based on the albeit very short sample that we got last year toward the very end of the season of Geraldo Perdomo, he was really good. I mean, he was making hard content, uh, hard contact. He wasn't swinging and missing a whole lot. I was really impressed. Same. I very, very, very impressed. And also, um, you know, I don't know, but Seth Beer. I love Seth Beer. So let's throw his name in there just for fun. I don't really mean that. <laughs> I just love Seth Beer. I can't wait to see him hit again. I can't wait to see him hit. I can't wait to see Seth Beer probably DH quite a bit and just tear the cover off the ball. And I think we could see that. But it's exciting because it's all coming together this week. We get to see actual spring training games this week. We get to see them play the Colorado Rockies. I'm going to go find Patrick Lyons somewhere and, and fight him for a title of whatever uh, parlay, uh, the, the big Papa parlay. That's I, I want that title. So I'm going to pin him somewhere on the outfield grass at Salt River Fields um, and, and, and take the title from him. But we appreciate you guys so much. <laughs> for sending us your questions, for being a part of our family over here at PHNX Diamondbacks. And we are looking forward to all of the coverage we're going to bring you this season. Now that is, is, is officially going. I'm, uh, it's, it seems like it's so crazy, Jesse, because we waited so long for things to happen. And now things are just happening and they're happening at warp speed. So again, hold on to your butts and make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can get me at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show, the premier minor league minicamp coverage in Arizona Diamondbacks is at PHNX underscore D-backs. And you can also get our entire network at PHNX underscore sports. 
you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe to us there and sign up or leave us a five-star review. We love you for it. Uh, Also go over to YouTube and subscribe to the PHNX Sports Channel. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss any of the content coming out from our PHNX team. We appreciate you guys sending us, again, your questions for this Mailbag Monday. We thank you so much for tuning in. On behalf of Jesse and myself, we're so excited baseball is back. And remember, kids, baseball is back.